0: You are listening to Everywhere You Are, a podcast produced by the Dawson Women's Ministry. At Dawson, we recognize that women's ministry is not a class or a club you join. Ministry is not confined to the four walls of a church building, and it's not limited by life stages or circumstances. Rather, ministry is living a life of service everywhere you are. This podcast seeks to encourage you everywhere you are, in the laundry room, driving carpool, at work, preparing a meal, or exercising. We believe God calls each of us to be ministers at all times, in all places. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. In this episode, we find ourselves in between what we know about the woman at the well and what we don't know. We don't know all the details about her past relationships, but we can see that she craved affirmation and she responded when Jesus acknowledged her. As you listen, think about what you might be craving right now and how Jesus can fill that need.
1: Today we have Frances Abrams and Betsy Lowry here to discuss with us um, the Everywhere You Are podcast. And today we are diving into the woman at the well and discussing some in-between places. I'm Allison Parker, and we are um, just here to have a conversation and here to learn from one another and encourage those um, that will listen to this later. So... Ladies, if y'all will just start, um, give me a quick introduction um, of yourselves and what you know. And Francis, if you'll start, that would be amazing. Okay. Well, I
2: grew up in Birmingham, and I married Jerome King, a ministerial student I met at Samford. We entered Southwestern Seminary and then began church ministries together in Texas, Tennessee, and Alabama. It lasted 40 years until he died in 2009 from brain cancer. I have three children now grown and raising their own families, including my five grandchildren. In addition to being a pastor's wife, I've been a newspaper journalist, a freelance writer, mostly for Christian magazines. And I worked for Chambers County Schools for 12 years as public information writer and editor until retirement and moved back to Birmingham in 2013, and after 11 years of widowhood, in 2020, during the pandemic, I married Howard Abrams, a former classmate from sixth grade through college. (laughs) And I joined Dawson in 2014, and Howard later joined me here. I've been involved in a life group, the music ministry with Sanctuary Choir, Dawson Ayers, and now the orchestra, and I volunteer at the Learning Center.
1: That is amazing. You have done a little bit of everything. Oh, we should just go to coffee and just mm-hmm. learn more. I'm so glad we get this time together. I am too. Um, Betsy, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, well, my birthday's
3: tomorrow. I'll be 63. <gasps> Happy birthday. It's kind of strange to say, but yeah. So... Um, I was telling Isaac uh, earlier as we uh, got started here that I moved to Birmingham as a young adult out of uh, seminary at Southern in Louisville, um, having grown up as a pastor's daughter Uh I ultimately did not feel called into church staff work as a minister of education or whatever. But I ended up at Women's Missionary Union in 1985, uh, working in basically subscription management, um, kind of like IT and those kind of things. just yeah. kind of kind of crazy. A, a very uh, interesting path that, that uh-huh. led me from r- being, you know, in rural communities all of my life, which actually. Uh, points to one of the things I think we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I met Jeff, my husband, in uh, within a couple months of moving here, we got engaged and married. Within a year's time, we have two grown daughters, one of whom is married and has our first granddaughter. Lovely. Um, so I'm a new grandmother. Congratulations! And absolutely loving it. And if 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 I was able to sit here and knit, I'd be doing that too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but I am also a writer. i published uh, three uh, Christian novels within the past, oh. I guess, five, five, four or five years there in the Dawson Library, just a plug for those, and uh, I can always talk a lot about that later. But uh, anyway, I, I did do a tiny bit of writing, too, while I was at, at WMU uh, for a few magazine articles, which was really, really cool. So
1: anyway, I'm just glad to be here. Wow. Yes, I'm in the presence of very accomplished ladies, <laughs> and I'm so excited to talk about the story of the woman at the well in John 4. Um, so let's dive into that story and talk about what what really resonates with us. What I think um, we're all very familiar with it, so I don't think we need to like read it or anything like that. But maybe, um, Betsy, if you'll just kind of tell me what resonates with you and what kind of high points are, are um, kind of key factors for okay. you there. Well, the very first thing I jotted down
3: was, was sort of... Empathizing with this woman who, who was uh, disenfranchised from her community, uh, c- coming to the well at, at odd hours, basically, we we suppose to avoid avoid people. Well, mm-hmm. I am not. Uh, I, I'm in spite of being very outgoing and comfortable, even in in public speaking and things. I am an introvert, so I'm not. I'm not naturally the most people people person. Uh, I'm. I grew up with with a lot of uh, factors in my upbringing where accomplishing things kind of became my identity. So okay. the the most affirmation I began to receive as a child was from teachers and from making better grades than a lot of my peers and making hundreds on tests and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm kind of the classic, you know, awkward, uncomfortable. Childhood kind of person, especially in, in, you know, growing up years and, and it was a lot of that. But anyway, so I wrote down feeling as though you don't fit in with the people that you are regularly around as yeah. a point that I felt she probably felt.
1: Well, um, not, she had she had quite a history., um, yes. and so, you know, just the fact that Jesus would seek her out and that that same thing that she's mm-hmm. she's avoiding the people around her. She's not fitting in. um, and then she is um going at that strange time to to, like you said, avoid those people. Mm-hmm. yeah, so
3: one of the um that affirmation, I think, was something that she probably craved and Jesus you know was able to uh he treated her with respect and you know spoke to her and the thing about it is she had all those we assume failed marriages or you know we don't know did did we she don't. lose some of her husbands Francis to death or did was she divorced or just separated or just kind of started over you know each time or whatever so there was all that and i we we kind of build our our culture and our um, schools and things you know I'm urging people towards success and that's kind of where a lot of us invest in accomplishments you know I've I've done this I've done that I achieved that you know all that kind of thing and it it's difficult sometimes to even help people understand um, we think it's odd that people have such difficulty with the truth that we don't earn our way to salvation because you know, we grow up feeling graded and rated on just about everything that we do. And so, you know, we're, we're just as we are, as human fallen humans, we're predisposed to sin. We're also really vulnerable to believing, seeking and adopting lies like how do you get to heaven? You know, these things that, that misguide us if we're not in scripture and not learning the truth from the way truth and life.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Frances, what, what do you have about what resonated with you mostly? Um, I love what Betsy said, and it can be a tag team on that, or it could just be something else very unique to you.
2: Well, I... Uh- Uh, wrote down some things that I I saw about the progression in this, that um, Jesus had stopped at Jacob's well in Samaria. Of course, he was uh, on his way from Judea to Galilee and went intentionally through Samaria. Mm -hmm. Um, He met this woman who— remains nameless to us this was an in-between time for her as she was apparently alone at the well as betsy has already mentioned and that other women weren't present but this gave jesus an opportunity to have her undivided attention so weary jesus was sitting by the well when she came to draw water and she was probably shocked to see him there, even more so when he, a Jew, spoke to her, a Samaritan woman asking for a drink. So she questioned, and then Jesus offered her living water, and she questioned his credentials. For offering this water. You're not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us this well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? And then Jesus drew her in with an invitation Whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst, and this water will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. At that point, the woman wanted this water, although she was still thinking in physical terms. Next, Jesus commanded her attention when he said, go get your husband. And what strikes me here is the woman's honesty Mm -hmm. with Jesus. She could have just said, okay, you know, and brought back the man she was living with. But she just said, I I don't have a husband. Um, Mm -hmm. But still, not knowing who this Jewish man was, she told him the truth. And then Jesus revealed at that point that he knew the rest of her story, five husbands and a live-in at that point. Um, So now she perceives him to be a prophet. So I see a progression from a woman meeting a stranger, a Jew, to encountering one who knew her past, to talking to a possible prophet And then next comes a question about the proper place of worship. And then Jesus gives her a lesson on worship and tells her that she's worshiping what she has no knowledge of. And then he tells her God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And I sense that Jesus is telling her that she must get her facts straight and her spirit in line with God's spirit to truly worship Him. So now the woman is beginning to see the light when she mentions the Messiah is coming. And then Jesus makes this wonderful statement, I who speak to you am He. And I understand that the words I am are the same words that God spoke to Moses when He called him to lead His people out of Egypt. Uh, But as a result of the woman's testimony, come see a man who told me all the things I have done. Is this not the Christ? Many Samaritans came to believe, and Jesus ended up staying in Samaria two more days, and many more came to faith because they saw him and heard him for themselves. So I see this as a summary The woman at the well was an unlikely recipient of Jesus' grace who met an unlikely Jew at an unlikely in-between time in an unlikely place. And as a result of this divine encounter, many Samaritans came to faith because of an in-between time in Jesus' earthly ministry and in this woman's life. Jesus began by arousing curiosity, then allowing the woman to question without intimidating her. As the questions grew deeper, he drew her in by telling her of her past. He didn't rush her into belief, but he drew her to himself by conversation. And when she was convinced, she told others, interestingly, the men of the city— And they came out to see this man for themselves, and many believed. Um, So as far as the woman is concerned, I believe that she uh, was honest, and she was seeking, but she didn't know that she was going to meet the Christ, the Messiah. And as a result of that, many people came to know Jesus and came to believe in him, Um, I think that what Betsy said uh, gives more of the background of the woman and and I was looking more at, at what Jesus was doing in the in between time. So I might have gotten
1: a little bit ahead. Yeah, I know. I think there's so many special things about um about what you said. And um you just were on such a roll, I didn't even want to stop you, but I I do um I do also like cling to her honesty and cling to just I mean, she she had maybe in that day and time what was not the best past, and again, we don't know what it was. But she was there, and she still remained honest to whomever she was talking to. She didn't know um, that this was, in fact, Jesus, and um, and then it led to such a beautiful, un- you know, um, unraveling of her own understanding, and then the the town that she was able to minister to. Yeah.
3: She it, apparently the community knew her her situation so why why pretend with with Jesus why yeah. you know why say something other than what everybody already knew yeah yeah
1: um let's see why don't we take this a little bit more we can of course continue to kind of reference her and, and the way that um the way that Jesus sort of dealt with her and then was was gentle and kind but also I mean if you drink of the water that I have, it is, you know, eternal life. And so he, he goes ahead and just gives her, you know, the whole, um, the whole shebang, the whole reason he's there right away. Um, but let's talk about maybe a, a personal time for each of us that uh, we have seen ourselves at this in-between time, m- much like this woman at the well who, um, you know, in-between husbands, in-between life, in-between even in the time of her day and all of those sort of things. When have you, um, when have you, Francis, found uh, yourself in an in-between time? And there may have been multiple. Feel free to—we <laughs> can—we can—, we can Talk and go with several of them. Okay, there there are several, but I, I don't want to
2: take too much time. <laughs> but um, I was just thinking about my life right now. I'm in the twilight years of my life on Earth, and I'm becoming more and more aware of the brevity of life. The days and the years go by so fast, and the older I get, the faster time sees, seems to move. So I'm thinking more and more about all the things I want to accomplish before I enjoy eternal life with with Jesus. And it is so hard to keep from being distracted by good things that can take the place of the best things. Yeah, Yeah, that's what Betsy was saying earlier. A a lot of people my age um, sit down and just enjoy being quiet and not doing very much and some are forced to do so because of health concerns I'm blessed with good health um, but I feel like I'm on a fast track I feel like <laughs> that I'm I'm trying to do all the things that I haven't gotten done and um, it's hard for my body to keep up with my mind <laughs> and, and the goals that I have. So I feel like that's an in-between time for me. And I think about Mary and Martha, and that's another story uh, in Luke 38. Through 42, we're all familiar with that story of Martha being so worried and distracted by all the work and reprimanding Mary because she didn't help. Mm-hmm. And that she was sitting at Jesus' feet listening to him. Mary had chosen the best, the most important thing. And I feel that in my later years, Um, Rather than slowing down, I'm crowding my life with more endeavors, and many of those things are worthy things. But as I prepare for eternity, shouldn't I be spending a reasonable amount of time undistracted to get to know my Lord better? And that's why it's so important to be still and allow Him to direct me to the activities that honor Him the most. I think Christian women of all ages get caught up in the world's values of trying to prove our significance by taking on more and more responsibilities (laughs) than God calls us to do. So much. And it's true at any age, but um, I wanted to share an in-between time uh, while I was a widow. Um, About eight years into widowhood, I had begun rebuilding my life by God's grace, and I could go back and talk about the in-between time when my husband had glioblastoma, which is deadly brain cancer, and we prayed for his healing, and there were about two years in there that we didn't know what was going to happen, and then as time grew closer, we I began to accept that I was going to lose him. And that's a whole other story. But the one I wanted to share is that about eight years into widowhood, um, as I'd begun rebuilding my life by God's grace and strength, I sensed God's leading to write devotionals to encourage widows. I wrote a few devotionals, not knowing where the project would lead, But around the time I started, I reconnected with a widowed man, a high school classmate, while we were planning a reunion. We began dating and later discussing marriage. But what would I do about the devotionals if I remarried? Could I still encourage widows knowing that most widows would not have the opportunity to remarry? I put the book aside, but God would not leave me alone about (laughs) finishing it. I agonized over whether I should finish it. And then my husband-to-be was the person God used to encourage me to finish the book. I included testimonies from other widows. Then I wrote a couple of devotionals related to contentment and remarriage. Then both my husband and I, my new husband and I wrote about our mothers as widows. We married in 2020, and The Widow's Song was published in 2022. God had his hand on all of it and used a new husband to help me finish a book about widows. <laughs> <laughs> so that was an in-between time when I was struggling with whether or not to finish the book because my life had changed at that mm-hmm. point. But I still had something to offer those widows. And I'm so glad that God used Howard to encourage me to finish the book and, and to get it
1: published. So, um, that's his plans are not always ours and the paths are so interesting. Um, and maybe not what we would have planned. So yes, um, that's a beautiful story. Um, that really only God could have written. So, um, So thank you for sharing that with us. Can I I tag on
3: on that just a bit when Francis was talking about kind of like the being still and maybe focusing more on communion with God? I think this is where, if I'm typical in this, I think so many Christians must kind of just feel like that's an area where we, it's like those those other famous theologians of the past mm-hmm. and people who say God told me such and such. You know, fr- frequently that their prayer life is so um, f- productive. And you know, we are we. I maybe tend to have something concrete in hand, a Bible study, or you know, mm-hmm. maybe a, a list of things to pray about. But but, kind of just listening to God. That's kind of really mysterious to a lot of people, and oh, so yes. I agree with you. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of right right behind you in in the life stage thing, and I think about this a lot. In fact, um, the the hobbies and the you know being a, a football fan and knowing trivia about your famous about your favorite um, television show and all, all these things all the hashtags and the instagrams and all these and one, social media. wonderful <laughs> things that that we are interested in sometimes they can distract us from you know the more eternal purposes and i'm not saying those are those are bad i've i've tried to tell myself and i don't know if this is true or lie but that it's not always either or it's not like shun everything mm-hmm. about about the entire world's existence and, like, go to a holy mountain and, and be alone. Right. But it's it's kind of like merging your mm-hmm. faith and and having those connect points with people who maybe are not believers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And so many things ab- about the, the TV and the social media and all these things— Kind of, if if you look at it with that attitude, you see God in the, you see what you want, what you expect to see, and you find God where you are looking for Him, right? Rather than just saying, "Oh, it's all evil" and and blah blah. But um, as far as like encouraging, I don't know if I'm getting ahead, but encouraging people based on this story, I would say. You know the verse about everything old has passed away and everything has become new. I think the woman at the well was just on the verge of. Dis- we we assume and hope that she um, followed through with her newfound faith and it, it changed her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we it couldn't change her past, but it could change her guilt feelings or feelings of failure about her past. And you know that that's a big hurdle. You, you cannot forget the things that you that impacted you as a child negatively and and the sins that you committed or the the failures and the disappointments and everything so so balancing being a human being with a memory and and the faith to accept that god you know he's he's the only judge whose opinion ultimately matters in, even Thanks. above your own opinion of yourself and so you know there's just a lot a lot going on with with all of us as people we we walk this you know flawed road and with so much uncertainty and he's jesus and and the father come and say i'm you know i love you i have a better way i've got higher ground and so, you know, we, as long as we are here in the flesh, we're going to have that tension, just like Paul wrote about, about you know, want, wanting to be with the Lord and,
1: and yet, <laughs> yes.
3: you know, your feet are stuck in we're the mud. Still yeah. We're still here. We're still here. But I would encourage people yeah. about, about you know, just praying to receive the the newness uh, that God has promised all of us, and and just to um, to believe just every day to keep believing that what His Word is true and to be in the Word. I will just add one more thing about being in an nice. in-between place. Something that really changed my life recently was responding to a devotional that was in our Lenten guide in 2020 that convicted me profoundly about the amount of time I was devoting to the study of God's Word. And so for, I think, a three-year period—actually, this this is the Bible I use, the one-year Bible. I began uh, doing that every—and I had the opportunity because I was—well, I was working part of that time, but later not—I'm re- retired. But having between 30 minutes to an hour and a half or two hours some mornings to read the material, and then I kept a journal with all of my feelings and responses to, to that, and that was just— like uh, so, so much more Bible study than I've ever done in my whole life and it really it made a difference. I began to value value it to study every book of the Bible, every verse of the Bible wow give it a chance you know we, we write <laughs> off so many passages and we we focus on our favorites and all that but it's every one of them is in there for a reason and yeah, and to read nice. the whole story together is amazing.
1: Um, And so you made it all the way through and you've read all of them. That's so encouraging. Um, It takes time. Yeah. It does take time. Well, yeah, it's about priorities and and finding um, the desire to find Jesus and meet Him. and then be honest and truthful and all of those things. Um, do you all have any um, experiences or moments where you really felt like, um, I don't want to say like grateful or thankful, but sometimes these in-between places where you um, y- you don't know which way it's going to go, you don't know how the story is going to work out, um, really are those moments where you dig in and you're... Um, more committed to prayer, more committed to reading your Bible, and 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 in turn, because you do that, you you find Jesus, and, and he meets you there. He meets you at the well. Do y'all have any of those um, those moments that you wish to share? I mean, I, I know some of those can be real personal, but um, anything that like really is just a moment of experiencing. Um, either Jesus' presence because of this in-between time or or just like a a sweet moment of clarity um, that you, you know, in the busyness of everything may have missed, um, if not for this in-between place? I was thinking about um,
2: our experience that we had at Aldridge Gardens in going through... The 23rd Psalm with Kristen Torres and then getting off by ourselves to spend time with God and to meditate on just a small section of that psalm. And that was not really an in-between place for me, but it was a place of respite where I was actually able to focus on Jesus and nothing else, and on God's provision as my shepherd. And that was so meaningful to me that I just realized that to have that intimacy with Christ, getting out somewhere away from your daily routine, um, out in nature, I know we can't always do that, and we can commune with Him anywhere. But sometimes just getting away from the distractions and focusing totally on Him. But I love what Betsy said about balance, because we do live in this world, and we do have to have that balance between those responsibilities and that time we spend with Him. But finding that balance uh, is sometimes difficult because we let the other things pull us away. And even church activities (laughs) can be a distraction to intimacy with Jesus. And I'm saying that as a former pastor's wife (laughs) uh, because we can get so overwhelmed by our, our church responsibilities and coming back and forth to meetings and rehearsals and bible studies and all of those things that we can become overwhelmed and then we we're not having the contact with the lost people that we should be mm-hmm. yeah so balance
3: is is a big key okay. so this is maybe not an exact answer to the, the question what was asked but one thing that i've thought about the woman at the well was that she seemed to be in that we call it an in-between period she obviously had you know a childhood before she began you know the the ups and downs of all, all these different um, relationships but I'm convinced that she was building strengths in other areas maybe probably without even knowing it you know I think we we think that we drive our um our, our goals and and our development and our maturing, but if we if we look back, I think we would realize that God God has been guiding our development and our maturing when we had no idea. Because if if she was failing at marriage, she was building other strengths, like you know just the ability to 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 survive and move on you know, day-to-day courage, whatever mm-hmm. it might've been. Um, she apparently, she had a, a sense of spiritual matters. She knew mm-hmm. the scriptures. And so we we ought not to assume that she was had never darkened the door of the church <laughs> because of these other factors in, in her situation. So um, I think a lot of times when, when we're struggling with with something that's kind of hard to stop thinking about that doesn't mean that god isn't working in our hearts right. in ways that in in other we're we're learning things like like about being a widow that we can encourage somebody else. So God is, he is the master of taking hard times, ask Joseph, yes. um, and turning them into, and, and as, the, as you pointed out, multiplying. It wasn't just her that he was reaching at that time. It, it was multiplying to so many other people. Because she had so true, because of her faith. Well, I was—I had my Bible open
2: to my former husband's favorite passage, and it fits in with what you were talking about. And this is Romans eight, twenty-eight through thirty. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son, so that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom He predestined, He also called. And the, those, these whom He called, He also justified. And these whom He justified, He also glorified. And I believe that when it says that God causes all things to work together for good, and some translations, I believe, say for the good, I believe the good is our conformity to Christ. That's the connection, and that's what God wants to do with these in-between places in our lives, is to conform us to
1: the image of His Son. Amen. Wow. Amazing. Very well said, too. Um, Kind of in closing, was there anything that y'all, either of y'all, maybe had thought through or thought about, or, or maybe would, um, I think both of y'all have given beautiful encouragements to, um, to, you know, our community about, um, about your own stories and about what Jesus, um, can do for us. But was there anything else you wanted to share or say kind of in closing?
2: I just keep thinking about Jesus' words Uh, at the end of this conversation with a woman at the well when he said, I who speak to you am he. And he revealed himself to this woman by telling her who he actually was. And then she I believe she ran into the town (laughs) to tell people, come see a man who's told me everything I've ever done. And he is real, and he speaks to us, and he is the I am.
1: Yes.
3: And and God worked through someone that, you know, looking at it, on the surface, you know, may, maybe would would she have been a a respected um, messenger of, of this? Would people have discounted, you know, if she had a, a bad reputation or whatever? Well, it, that all kind of went out the window mm-hmm. because um, absolutely because you know she was that uh, that moved by what happened within that conversation and God, the Spirit was just working you know, moving there, so he, she. Um, she was able to, to tell people this, and you know God, they he he kind of erased anything about hindrances they would have had about the messenger, and the message, just came through. Um, I, I would just add that for, for her and for any of us, you know we we believe what we read in in scripture about forgiveness and all, but I, I think it's a, a big hurdle for for many is just honestly accepting that you can come to a place of closure on the past even, even though it's been forgiven. You know, it's, it's just we, we, you know, have that challenge of becoming at peace with the past and then believing that we can have closure because God says that we can. So it's, it's, a, it's a faith hurdle, but uh, He is faithful. He is faithful. Yes, absolutely. Amen.
1: Amen. Um, well, my time with y'all today has been amazing. Our time together has been amazing. And I am so grateful to have gotten to know both of y'all better and to learn from y'all's in between places and... Um, And just even the woman at the well, I feel like I learn more about her every time just from the perspective of other women in the room. And so I'm grateful to y'all and thankful for um, joining me today for the Everywhere You Are podcast. It's been a blessing. It has very much. Thank y'all.
0: Today, you are between life on earth and life in eternity. Are you spending time with God in preparation for that eternity? How are you balancing good things with best things? Everywhere you are today, look for opportunities to see Him and share Him. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Everywhere You Are. Please rate and review us on your podcast platform and share us with other women that you think could benefit from hearing about God working in the lives of ordinary women. To learn more about the Dawson Family of Faith, please visit DawsonChurch.org and find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We look forward to meeting you.